listen, every now uh, and then. <laughs> yeah. Yes? Are you okay? You were making a noise. You were making I a was, strange noise. I was. Crazy noise. I thought we were. I don't know. I was going to say happy 2023 or happy new year. I thought that you were about uh, to say the same, but it couldn't be on more different pages. That's okay. Right That's okay. What a, what a strong, what a strong and powerful note to start our year on. But listen, yeah. once in a while, man, and certainly happy, happy new year. Um, Thank I, you. How, how was your, how was your holiday season? Oh God, who cares? Fine. It was, okay, it, yeah. uh, we, we got through it. How was yours? Same. Totally fine. Who, who, who cares? Who cares? Thank I God. was uh, in St. Louis, Missouri, uh, staying at a, uh, oh. independent senior living facility. Um, oh, it's, well, uh, we'll have to talk about St. Louis with our guest. It was, I, I certainly will. I certainly will. Um, my one real highlight, uh, a couple of nights before Christmas, DJ Gus played the uh, the lobby pub at this senior living facility. Uh, and he played the electric slide, and I got to do the electric slide with my 90-year-old mother, uh, which was oh, uh, truly uh, a great way to wrap up the year. That's actually a really beautiful image. It was. It was very. It was. It was delightful. And now it's 2023, and everything has changed. We've turned the page. It, it, the, the slate is clean. The whiteboard is erased, and we're ready to start anew. Uh, and you know, once in a while, there is a heterosexual who's worth listening to. Doesn't and happen every often. Once in a while, Not doesn't happen often. often. Matt doesn't happen often. But today is one such time, and one it such sure person. Is. It's highly overdue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love her so much. Uh, Elizabeth Lane is uh, a, a TV writer, uh, most recently on the show A Million Little Things, and she's kind of a podcasting legend. And we're having her here today, uh, I mean, first of all, just because we love her, but also we want to talk about her new podcast, uh, which is called The One Sure Thing. The One Sure Thing that I know is that our listeners are going to love Elizabeth Lane as much as we do. Elizabeth, welcome. Happy New Year. Oh. Hi. Hi. Happy oh, New my Year, gosh. Elizabeth. Happy New Year. What an intro. I um, I love both of you. I've been big fans of both of yours for as long as I've known you. And Dave, in your case, many, many years before I knew you. I mean, it's kind of surreal hearing you talk about, you know, boogie-oogieing with your mom in St. Louis because I first was introduced to you in St. Louis watching you on my TV. And here we are. And, and here Matt, we are in Los Angeles. Matt, you're like a, you're a heart song of a human being, and I'm so grateful thank to have you, you in my life. And thank you for making an exception, having this straight fraud on your amazing <laughs> show. Uh, anytime, anytime. Uh, we are we are so delighted to have you here. Uh, how were your holidays? Did you make it back to St. Louis? So no, I didn't, and I don't really go back to St. Louis much anymore because I don't have I have my my childhood best friend and her parents are there but I don't have family there anymore mm-hmm. um, uh, but I do love St. Louis during Christmas time it's beautiful they really they do it up out there they sure do and they sure do. Uh, but we had a very quiet chill Christmas here at our house in Los Angeles and it was delightful well, and did you go to the cabin at all? Can you tell the people about your cabin? Oh, I'd love nothing more than to tell the people about my cabin. Because this is like the thing that brings me so much joy outside of relationships. I'd say this is the next thing in my life that is the most joy-filled, which is that I have wanted a cabin forever. And two years ago, in the pandemic, we bought a cabin and we thought, and for for a steal of a deal and we thought oh we'll just pull up this shag carpeting and then we'll be good and you know the as the story goes we pulled up the shag carpeting and the whole house just fell apart and so we are still in construction two years later (laughs) renovating (laughs) which sounds stressful and horrible but actually has not been stressful it has been really fun and exciting and Matt, as you know, your husband has been very helpful with me picking out plaid samples to go like for the the sectional couch that we're making. Things like this He's that I've always invested. wanted to do are happening and it's very exciting and we have a very sweet contractor. There's one guy up there in the mountain town and he's bit by bit working through it and we're uh, making it happen. That's fantastic. Now, what is this little mountain town 
you are at liberty to say. We can, we can bleep this out. Yeah, maybe we don't want to turn the people on to it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to say what the town is, but I'll say it for you if we can bleep it. Okay. Yeah. It's called... Renee, we have to we have to beep out. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that goes no further. That goes no further. But I want That's you both... That's exciting, though. I, I hope that you both will purchase properties and... Again, we have to bleep that. I'm sorry. Yes. Renee, I will stop saying... <laughs> stop saying the bad <laughs> words. Um, because I want to populate it with our friends and cool people and kind of, I don't know, have this little secret, fun other place that we all go and hang out in, in a winter wonderland. I like it. Is there skiing? Yes, sir. There is Great. skiing. In fact, I have been looking for a way to break my hip. So let's get into it. This is I it. I have Andy... a long, long time. I'm, Andy I'm took Teddy up there. She's mm-hmm. our our eight year old, and she's snowboarding. And um, wow. I'm gonna take ski lessons. So Dave, maybe we can break our hips together. I would love that. I would really love that. I used to be great, and I just haven't skied in like 20 years. But I, I, would, oh. I would love. Well, then you'll to have a bit of a. You can show us how well, it's done. <laughs> let's not let's not assume anything. Uh, okay, this is great. This is news that we can both use. I, I we're we're looking for a diversion, uh, a getaway. So this yeah, is it. Absolutely, this is it. We're not going to say the name of the town anymore. Now this. Well, what I will like say, a Cardi is, B song on the radio. Yeah, <laughs> you're both invited because so the place we bought has a little back house, and oh. that is done and adorable and cozy, and we're having like that's our friend crash pad. So you're both invited, truly, and I mean this. I want you guys to come up, stay there. Then you guys can come over for dinner to the front place. It sounds like we have a lot of money. Just know that we don't. <laughs> this has been all just an uh, embarrassment of good luck and um, resourcefulness. And Great. so very excited to have you up well, you know, to our mountain I'm going, chalet. I'm, I'm going right to Zillow the second we finish talking. Uh, so... Elizabeth Lane, what were your what were your pop cultural highlights of 2022? Okay, um, well, w- one of the artists I go to most is Megan Thee Stallion. Ooh, great! Now I don't believe that this came out in 22. I I think like many people, the last several years has just bled into yes. each other. Sure, mm-hmm. but. Um, she, that song "Thought Shit." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that song. That's a mm-hmm. that's a pop culture highlight for me. Can you quote any of "Thought Shit" for us? Hands on my knees. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> yeah, I could. I could if I got into the flow. Um, <laughs> I don't. Um, uh, I heard hands on my knees, and that hands on my knees yeah, felt right. hands on my knees. You guys have no idea because in grade school, I like knew every word to Snow's Informer. You know? Oh wow! Like That's I would impressive. learn the words to all of these songs and rap them at school to no one. <laughs> Sure. anyone who who was around and like the fact that i am here right now with you put on the spot asked specifically if i can say quote any of the song and i have nothing is a uh, devastation you, you already have no 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 you've already done it you've already delivered simply nope. you yeah. mumbling the phrase hands mm-hmm. on my knees under your mm-hmm. breath was it's, it's kind of perfect. It's really the Megan Thee <laughs> Stallion experience. Uh, so what what uh, what grade school are we talking about? Place place us in St. Louis. I know we've had this conversation, but Conway Elementary School. Oh boy. I, I grew up. I know. <laughs> I grew up in Ladue. What is oh boy? What does that mean to somebody from St. Louis, Dave? Um, it's. I mean, would it, would would that be a Ladue? Yeah. Uh, area school. Okay, so Ladue is like Ladue's kind of fancy. In now the, uh, the whole mound shall I? I feel so humiliated after. No, <laughs> no, you mustn't. No. We're going to title this episode Elizabeth Lame is Very Rich. <laughs> Elizabeth Lame is the wealthiest person we know. Um, 
no, uh, Ledoux, Ledoux is, uh, Ledoux's fancy. Uh, in, in the, I don't know if you were alive in the time of Jerry Berger, Elizabeth, but there was like a local gossip columnist in, oh. uh, and he had a, a column in the, oh, in the wow. front page of the everyday section. And he referred to it as la de That's right. <laughs> la de it's, kind of, it's kind of fancy. And then, and then obviously, where'd you, where'd you go to high school? I know I knew this, but I, I can't remember. <sighs> I just feel like I'm sinking deeper into a hole. Just say it. Just it's, say it. I went to... Mary Institute in St. Louis, Country Day. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Fancy. So they were one at the time. Yes. We're slowly, Matt, we're slowly transitioning this podcast into just a St. Louis-based podcast. We had Eric Williams, who went to Whitfield yeah. on recently. Oh, nice. Uh, and now an MICD. Yes. So, okay. Mary Institute was an all-girls school. Country yes. Day was an all-boys school. Again, both, you know, very, very good institutions of learning. And then they, they merged and became a co-ed school. Kind yes. of. Yes. And they merged when I was in eighth grade. So, okay. um, yeah. And my now husband was in the country day side, and I was in. The I didn't know he side. was from St. Louis too. He he left St. Louis and moved to Idaho when he was thir- twelve or thirteen. Okay. And then we never spoke again. And then he saw me on the street in New York thirteen years later, and okay. recognized me, and called out my wow, name. We. And wow. Dave, where'd you go to high school? I went to an all-boys school called Priory. Uh, uh, I definitely said, lost my virginity to someone who went to Priory. I'll be Uh-oh. darned. I'll be darned. Was it during high school? It was. It was at a house. I mean, party. not during a school day, but like, but during during the years of high school. It was. It was not during. <laughs> it, was, it was third okay. period um, calculus. We skipped out. <laughs> Uh, yes, it was during high wow. school. Okay, okay. And then we I, dated. You know, I was Catholic. I wanted to make it work. Sure, of course. Who wouldn't? So that retroactively, work? us having had sex once we're married, I feel like it would be a purgatory situation and not so much a hell situation. Exactly, exactly. You would, you would pay in the afterlife, but not forever. Right. Just briefly. Exactly. Okay, this is, this is terrific news. Uh, okay, all so, all right, so I've got all the pieces are coming together. Did you now? While I was home in St. Louis, both the flirtily and the VP balls happened. Did you walk in either of those? I did. I did. Okay. I um, oh, so Elizabeth Lame is unbelievably fancy. Is really the name of the uh, episode now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is a great moment to plug my new podcast, Matt. Thank you so much. The one sure thing you can hear about my debutante ball was actually the night that my mom died so i was in st louis in my ball gown when i found out that she had passed away and so my new podcast is all about death and dying so the first two episodes are kind of like my experience with it and then then we're gonna gonna get into you know real like hospice nurses and morticians and people coming on talking about death but that was i am so sorry to bring oh. up a painful memory that is also the basis of a podcast. <laughs> I bring it up. I, no, it was the perfect segue. It was. I, I think, right? I mean, yes. yeah. And, and you know, we should tell people, I mean, at the time we've recorded this, only the first two episodes have come out. And yes, it is about death and dying. Um, but it, for anyone who is worried that it's simply going to be a, a huge downer, you know, it is obviously hosted by a, a, a human ray of sunshine, so that helps. Um, and there are, I think, like some major tears to be shed by you, by the listeners. Um, be, but because you're the storyteller, there's also so much comedy and lightness. And Aww. it's, in a way, a, still a fun listen. I mean, it's, it is, you know, there, it's painful, of course, but you That's know, very sweet, you Matt. Have, Thank you. Yeah, no, I, I I love it, and I was so excited to to hear it and to talk about it because, yeah, you have a very unique POV into this subject matter because you lost both your parents at a, at a very young age, and um, you know, people should listen to hear the first two episodes are you and your sister kind of walking us, us through the timeline of losing both parents, and you have to really hear those episodes. It's also uh, like just powerful to hear you too and get a sense of your relationship and the fact that you even haven't even had this conversation in a long time but can you 
give our listeners just like a Cliff's Notes version of that. Yeah, thank you so much. That's so nice. I hope it's not like a super downer, and I hope it's I I my I love talking about death and dying, and I mean I joke with my sister like some of her friends don't know about losing our parents, whereas I truly lead with it, and um, so my hope is this podcast will kind of open up conversations with people, and I don't know. I'm I read near death experiences to go to sleep tonight. I I love this stuff. I love hearing about like someone saw a butterfly and that represents so and so to them. And so um that's what my hope is for this podcast. So yes, the first two episodes are the first time my sister and I talk about losing our parents from start to finish, which happened when we were I was 19 and she was 22. And um then I'm going to have a hospice nurse on. I'm, I'm, I interviewed a medium who did a reading for me, a mortician, our friends um, who have experienced different types of losses. We'll talk about grief. We'll talk about spirituality. I interviewed like a, this amazing doctor, Ajmal Zamar, who um, I just saw today, like one of his articles is one of the top 12 neuroscience articles by something of 2022 and he is the first person to have captured the brain waves of a dying person and his like the takeaway from that which is so interesting so it's kind of the gamut I I want to talk to everyone about everything having to do with this subject and I kind of had have an ulterior motive because I as Dave and I were saying where we are both raised Catholic Matt were you raised Catholic I no. was raised nothing. Yeah. Okay. No. Um, good. <laughs> good. And I remain nothing. Good for you. But I, because I've kicked that to the curb in such a vicious, hard way, I seek comfort in hoping for something bigger than us and more to our, like this, our spirit experience doesn't end in this mm-hmm. lifetime. And so... I do like I'm seeking kind of validation in that and what I'm realizing is I'm never going to get <laughs> newsflash I Elizabeth Lame am not going to solve this for humanity but hmm. um, I do find it in bits and pieces as I'm going and I so that's kind of the point of me doing this for myself yeah I mean can can you give us a taste of like what your personal belief system is in that regard yeah, well, it changes a lot, but like right now, I really think that um, our experience doesn't end here. I think that when we die, we we will continue to grow in another realm. I think pain is a baked-in part of our human experience here, and almost like I almost think of our time on Earth as like a puberty, mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm we kind of have to go through stuff and that's why there is bad stuff here but like ultimately everything beyond our life experience really is about love and about connection and you know um so I do think when we die I've read so many near-death experiences and there's so many similarities that it is a really positive beautiful like I'm not worried about anyone who's died. Yeah. Hmm. Is is there any element of the Catholic like dogma that you have retained? Or, or not necessarily dogma, but just like any any of the the cultural Catholic experience that you keep in your life? Well, we celebrate Christmas. Uh-huh. We we celebrate Christmas and Hanukkah. Cause my husband uh is a lapsed Jew also but we mm-hmm. we both kind of like to have those traditions honestly the stuff like we watched Pinocchio the other night I have two kids seven and eight the um, Guillermo del Toro's new take on Pinocchio mm-hmm. it's so dark and there's like the Jesus on the cross and you look up at that and it's like that's so traumatizing for kids this man there with nails through his yeah. feet and nails through his hands I'm like, 
it is so intense and I kind of hadn't revisited that in a while um so yeah. we don't really talk that much about that stuff but we're we talk about Jesus was a cool dude mm -hmm. um Democrat mm -hmm. <laughs> super mm -hmm. liberal uh but no I don't really I mean I will say I I love a mass but then I feel so conflicted I mean I really feel so betrayed by the Catholic Church in so many as a as a woman on a personal level and then also like it was corporate sanctioned pedophilia yeah. so I am it's just so frustrating to like enjoy part of something and hate it so much so mm -hmm. that's my yeah. those are my takes on Catholicism listening to your show something that I became really curious about was, you know, just I, I'm just struck every time we talk about it, how young you were and think imagining myself at 19 and just how ill-equipped I was to deal with anything. And I, I find myself thinking about like your your friends and how they might have been there for you or not been there for you, because I know for me, when it came to like real life and real tragedy, it's almost like I had blinders on. Like all I cared about was like partying and nonsense. And then when something like that happens and forces you to grow up really fast, what's it like, you know, interacting with all these people who probably have not grown up yet? Yeah, you know, I think it was a blessing in disguise in some in many ways I mean there were definitely friends I think this is true for all of us like anytime we have a kind of pivotal moment in our lives like there are people you expect to be there for you who aren't and then there, there are people who come through in such huge amazing ways um, that are surprising and my friends also that time was such a blur I mean there may have been friends who listened to this who were like I was there every you know I don't really remember it I went back to school I went to UC Santa Barbara I started I took like a double course load my roommate was partying a lot and all and and also was there for me but she was going through her own shit and in some ways I think that helped me stay on track because she was like she was like not going to class then going to the casino at 4 p.m staying out till 4 a.m coming back with oh, a guy God. on a motorcycle cooking a seafood <laughs> like it was crazy to live with so I kind of was like I guess I'll wake up and walk through this hallway that smells like shrimp and then go to class <laughs> and <laughs> get kind of keep my shit together but I was doing a lot of ecstasy I'm not gonna lie I mean I, I was losing myself but I was so alone and I remained so alone for a couple of years like the first actually I met a guy at Rage the West Hollywood gay bar oh, well, um sure where all the great great romances great love begin. stories I yeah. mean at one point I definitely wanted to marry him and I was like how can I spin that <laughs> like her, the way we but he was there with a friend and I was just there and because I lived nearby and um, he showed minor interest in me and I very quickly was like move in with me and so I lived with this guy for two years as my boyfriend he was like a compulsive liar we were never right for each other I was seeking family and then after living with him for two years, I found his wedding album. I was like oh, going shit. through a random box that hadn't been unpacked. And I had never known that he had been married. And he was 23, by the way. So this, you know, had been a recent thing. And so I um, realized this is not right and called yeah. it off and moved to New York. And that's when my life started, I feel. So I was just like grasping at straws for several sure. years and I don't remember I mean I think my friends all we all were in a transitional period I think my friends from high school were doing their own thing and were in college and um some of them my childhood best friend is the reason I moved to New York and she was my roommate her name's Kendall Cotiza and she 
saved me in many ways. I mean, moving to New York was huge for me. And so her and her parents were always there for me, which was good. But yeah, Mm. I think in some ways, though, I wasn't handled with like kit gloves because everyone was doing their own thing. Everyone's in college. Everyone's kind of focused on themselves. So I did have to like buck up. In, like, rehashing it all for the podcast, were you surprised by any emotions that came up or any, any like, any reaction within yourself that you weren't prepared for? Well, so far, the two episodes that came out, which are with my sister, um, I, you know what, I actually, it was very emotional. But in some ways, it was less emotional than I thought it would be. It's It's two people kind of fuzzily going through a timeline that, uh, I don't know. It was, it was really interesting. I did learn some stuff about her experience, which I had never known, which was really, I mean, to learn something about that time now, 22 years later was kind of mind blowing. And also I think we just really needed to do it. Like it's something I think I didn't even realize I've been craving and I, I think it was good for her as well. Um, so, yeah, I feel closer to her after doing this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Along the way, in, in like the, the decades since, do, do you embrace movies where people die, specifically parents? Or, or is it just like, no, that is, I, I'll see stepmom. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Dave, it's funny you should say stepmom because that came out. So my mom died December 19th of 98. My dad died October 16th of 99. Stepmom came out, I want to say the holidays of 99. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was 98. I need to look that up. It was not marketed well. (laughs) It was marketed as this like... Julia Roberts, like family romp. And I went, yeah, I went with the Priory guy. The Priory guy wanted to take me to a movie and like get my mind off of things. And we went to that movie. I mean, can you imagine being that poor guy? I lost my shit, like lost my shit. In the Galleria at De Pere Four Cine? (laughs) What what, what were we talking? Definitely the Galleria. Okay. Um, I... Yeah, but now, yes, I'm a moth to a flame. Like, the show that I've been working on for the last three seasons is very emotional. I love I love that heart swell feeling of, like, here we go. I don't – it's comforting to me. And, you know, I'm, I'm on the other side of grief, obviously. I should hope so. It's 22 years in. But there's something about – going through grief and the that heart swell feeling almost brings because part of grief is when you lose that feeling it's scary because it feels like you're losing your connection to them I forget who said it but like the sadness you feel is the love that you didn't get to express to them or that you're still trying to express to them and so when you feel that in a weird way, it makes you, to me now, it brings me like a comfort of connection, even though I'm no longer in the like sad waves of, you know, those days are far, far behind me. So mm-hmm. um, do you guys seek that out? <sighs> um, my, my dad died six years ago. Like almost to the day, New Year's Eve, two thousand sixteen, oh, wow. and uh, for that that year afterwards, everything made me cry, like every single thing made me cry, and now like forty percent of things make me cry. <laughs> uh, it, it's just like you know I'll get a memory or, or whatever, and you know like not heaving sobs, but I'll I'll just have a little little moment. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't think, no, I don't, I, I definitely kept my distance from, uh, dead dad movies for a good couple of years. Yeah. After that, any father and son, anything would, uh, would send me. This song, father and son. Oh my God. 
Oh my god, that sense that makes me lose my mind every time I hear it. Mm. Uh, Cats in the Cradle will uh, send me into hysterics, so I have to. I fully yeah. have to just avoid that. Uh, as though I, I logic. I think that's wise. Yeah. Um, I am curious if you. I, I'm I'm estranged from my dad, both my dads, my dad who raised me, and my and my uh, biological dad, and and I, and I'm like at at peace with it, but I am curious how someone you know who doesn't have the luxury of even ha- having the option of having a conflict with your parents, if sometimes, on some level, you see people in my situation and you're like, just please get over it, you know? Oh my God, no! I mean, I think not to brag matt but like i had such great parents just for a very short time and i'm so grateful for that and i mean similarly i look at you and i should say like matt and i know each other on a soul level because we have experienced this astrology retreat every year for the last nine years am i allowed to say that matt yeah okay the great Heidi Rose, the great Heidi Rose, and we. Um, so even though we don't see each other as often as I would like, we know kind of big life things, and I always look at you, and I think there's such, I mean, there's such an inner resilience in the same way of you. Um, Similar to me, I think, after losing my parents, having to find my own inner voice and, like, be the one who uh, carries myself. In many ways, you have had a similar experience with your, with the father side of things. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I don't think there's any part of it that's, like, get over it at all. I think that's, like, that's a different kind of that's a whole different cookie (laughs) to crumble Mm. um and i you know i think about people we have other friends who are adopted or estranged from their families and uh i think about like when those people do die i think there's still complications and big feelings and that's kind of going back to my like philosophy on life i think that there is a connection and a human connection and a human, you know, there's a cellular connection. There's, there's so much going on that we, with our kind of limited human brains can understand that still affects us emotionally. And, um, so. Yeah. And I I mean, just to go back to, again, how young you were when you lost your parents, and that we also have we have people in common who have not a similar situation to yours, but I, I have several people in my life. Obviously, we're getting up there, people losing their parents, but from a much earlier, you know, time in our lives, lost their parents young, and I have definitely observed like if there is a through line, it is like a fearlessness hmm. that I see in you, I see in some other people that. I imagine comes from some sense of like, well, the worst thing's already happened, <laughs> you know? So like, yeah, life is still scary and stressful, but like, how bad could it be really? And that in, that in, in some almost warped way, it can serve you. Yeah, totally. I mean, when my mom died, that was the worst thing that could happen. Like she was totally my person. And then my dad dying very suddenly 10 months later was really just kind of a a system shock um but I think it's I think it's both things I think on one on the one hand I'm always scared like bringing up the cabin having this cabin and knowing that it's going to be done and I'm like almost nervous for it to be done because I feel like then I'm going to feel like everything's so good I mean like my kids are great my my husband is the best I have a cabin like (laughs) just (laughs) I'm scared about what will go wrong because I'm kind. I kind of live in the that other shoe's gonna drop thing. But in terms of fearlessness, I think what I didn't have was I lost my giving of fucks to impress anyone. 
like we all want our parents approval and stuff like that and since they weren't there I have made my own choices as poor as they may have been <laughs> like I don't know that I would be living here writing for tv because while I can say now I'm employed and whatnot you know there were 14 years of like not that and I think if I had parents going a pod what like yeah. you know it, things could have shaken out really differently so I think I have had the luxury of just paving my own path and not caring about who thinks what or how it's going I mean I was so in debt at one point that I know, you know, things like that where it's like <laughs> I've made choices that parents would not have been proud of probably, but now I know that I do feel like they're probably proud of me having made those choices anyway, wherever they are. Yeah. Oh, uh, no doubt. Yeah. Can you talk a little more about, I don't know, some of the possibly woo-wooier aspects of the podcast and 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 or your own experience like oh, any yes, sense Matt. that you have ever <laughs> connected with them like I'm hoping that this we're gonna go full-blown supernatural at some point oh we are like I really am excited to I want to do an episode that's all about kids talking about like kids saying stuff that implies they've lived before you know I love that shit um my woo-woo stories which I'm so happy to share <laughs> are well first of all debutante ball ball gown find out my mom has died I go and my mom had had pancreatic cancer she had been sick and she basically shipped my sister and I off to this ball in St. Louis even though they had moved to Pasadena and I do believe she was there. And uh, a very complicated thing <laughs> with the debutante ball is, as we've discovered this past year, speaking of pop culture um, touchstones, not great. The VP ball in St. Louis has some really sketchy starting out points, and we all I'd know imagine. more now. Um, so I go to the bathroom I'm taking off my gown and I just hear the song playing over and over really loud in my head and it it's I can see clearly now and it goes hands on my knees with the thought shit yeah yeah we all know that song yeah <laughs> sure sure a classic. Um, but it's a really beautiful song about like the rain is gone bright sunshiny day which was weird to be hearing but you know in retrospect, I'm like, I think my mom, who had been suffering, was sending me this message. I'm going to get emotional. I can talk through it. It's okay. So then, uh, whatever, that was playing over and over, and it was impossible to ignore. But I didn't tell anyone. Um, and then that song has visited me. And most notably, in New York... So I have to back up. Andy Rosen, my husband, was my huge crush in seventh grade. When we were Mary Eye and Country Day, Yellow Roll Day, on Cafeteria Day, we would get to intermix with the boys, and he's like the only boy I cared about. He was very cool. He had long hair. He had a Prince guitar poster in his oh, locker. Oh, my God. So cool. He's so cool. <laughs> so one of the most self-possessed human beings I've ever met. And I just was, like, obsessed with him. My mom knew it. I talked about him all the time. He and I became friends, but he had a crush on Beth Bruner, and it just wasn't in the cards for me. God damn it, Beth. <laughs> so then he moves to Idaho when we're 12 or 13. I never hear from him again. New York City, Friday night, I'm going to my graduation from bartending school celebration my friends were having for me. Not to brag and I hear my name being called out and I turn around and he's like are you Elizabeth Lame I'm Andy Rosen and I tackle him like I oh my <laughs> lost God. my mind we go on to sorry have, where what's what was the street what was the um, neighborhood? third and third so we're like uh East Village wow and what time of year are we bundled up we're this was May 
okay wearing great. shorts for the first time in months oh yes like yeah. skin's coming out um we go in to have he was having he he was going to a memorial service for he was like a band punk east village little like band kid his a friend of his had sadly died of an overdose and he was going to a memorial service this is really dark i'm just going to be so honest with you guys i was like oh my god he gosh. was on his way to that in the moment that you yeah like he was going out first he came with me to get a drink i mean we were all really young we were like 23 24 i was like heroin i mean that was so out of my kind of realm of like yeah i was just like oh my gosh this is really fucked up because someone had died of an overdose but i was like andy's still cool and in music and whatever and um, we go to that. We end up at, like, this underground bar. Oh, was it Akbar? I forget. But there was, like, an underground secret part of a bar. And we in, we're in a conversation Guernica? with... Was it Guernica? It might have been in the East yeah. Village. There's, like, an underground... Yeah, it was under a restaurant. Yes. Yeah, there's, like, a secret door at the back of a restaurant. I lived right around the corner from there. I had imagined you knew what this was because you were probably there all the time. But to me, was... who was, like, working in ad sales, I was like, oh, my God this was a whole different world we were in a conversation with Jim Jarmish like it was so such a New York night it was so crazy we end up back at his place at like 5 a.m he has to work at 7 um you know we kiss a little but nothing crazy and then he gets up to go to work and I get a cab and that song is playing oh, like I wow. get in the cab so that was a huge and it wasn't like oh it was like instant like <laughs> tears and you know he and I have been together ever since and I will say we all have like I've had a lot of struggles with career getting career <laughs> like I had to claw my way to a career different things my marriage has never been fraught it has been a source of joy like from day one so that felt like very much a gift. Yeah. Yeah. Hard to not see that as something directly from your mom. Yeah. And then there's another one. Do you have, can I do another one? Am I taking yes, way too please. much time? Uh, no. Are you kidding me? This one's shorter, but it was, I was back in St. Louis. So both of my parents are buried in the Bellefontaine Lake, which is a historic cemetery in St. Louis. And mm -hmm. it's really beautiful. And it's like old and crumbling and, I don't know. It's very cool. So I went, I was back for a reunion. I hadn't been back in a long time and I went to their graveside and I was kind of in a dark place. This was like six years ago and I was going through some health stuff with our kid, one of my kids. And, um, I asked for a sign. I was like, literally looked up. <laughs> I was sitting on like in front of the gravestone said, please send me a sign, anything. And I waited for 45 minutes and I was like, anything like a piece of grass could wave in the breeze <laughs> and it was the most like nothing happened and I I was like okay great and so I got up to go and then the next morning I was driving to the airport and Waze took me like on this random way to get to the airport and it was 6 a.m really foggy beautiful morning but like kind of eerie and Waze took me past Annunziata which was the church we went to and the last I love I love that day's like mm -hmm. the last two times we had been there I had been there was my dad's funeral and then my mom's funeral before that and I'm driving past it and I kind of slow down to take it in and there's this huge brown round figure like by the street moving towards the steps of the church and I'm like, what the fuck is that? And it's kind of foggy, and I get closer, and I just stop. There are no other cars, and it's this huge wild turkey. <sighs> and I look up, and there's a female wild turkey at the steps, like, at the door of the church, looking down, waiting for this male with its, like, fan out to come up. And it felt so much like my mom and my dad and my dad called me and my sister turkeys that was his nickname for us 
So that was another one that just felt so like, and it's so my dad to delay gratification, like to not give me what I wanted the t- the day before, and yeah. then be like, boom. So um, that one felt significant. Wow, wow, oh, that's beautiful. It really is. And <sighs> this interest in kids who seem like they've had some kind of past life experience mm-hmm. is that based on anything it, in your own experience or it's just sort of an aspect that you're curious about no not yeah I mean I, oh, I would have loved it if one of my kids had said um, I mean my kids have said certain things that make me think not that they like are my parents reincarnated but that they knew them or like know of them more more than what I've even conveyed to them um but actually our mutual friend Alexis her mm-hmm. <laughs> that I'm like really and I find it so it seems like such an innocent kind of through this whole process, I'm also, like, looking for clues. I'm trying to, like, solve this mystery. And to me, kids saying that stuff feels like such a an innocent resource because they're not trying to do anything. And it's something that can be kind of confirmed by history. So I, I find that really interesting. And have you had have you come across anybody yet who's who has a great story and is ready to talk or you're still no man if you know if if your listeners (laughs) got anything i'm on instagram the show is at the one sure thing pod i prefer to be contacted through instagram because then the person feels like not a um catfisher kind of you know yeah yeah you uh, elizabeth are someone who has for a while uh lived a part of her life kind of publicly like i i feel like i'm i'm reminded of conversations that we had that we didn't have but it was just that it was something i heard you say on totally lame eight years ago or whatever <laughs> um and now and now that is now you've got nobody's listening right yes yes yeah and totally beverages and sometimes hot sauce is back the it's back the baby lame, the lame and rosen podcasting uh 360 experience has returned there's no question there i'm just happy to i'm happy to hear it it has we're like moths to a flame i mean i don't know if you guys feel this way because how long has this podcast been going five years oh yeah over five something like that yeah there's something i don't know i don't know what are we all doing i guess is the question (laughs) <laughs> like yeah. there's something so we really missed it we we stopped podcasting and also I kind of regret because we started in 2010 we always viewed it as this side thing and mm-hmm. I guess in many ways it, it really was and it, it what is brought into my life like going back to kind of what is the point of life and stuff it's enriched my life in so many ways, like relationships, you know, having gotten to know you two. I mean, it's all through podcasting. It's so weird. Like all of my career stuff, even though it wasn't directly connected to podcasting, usually sometimes it was, um, was from my podcast, even though we barely ever made two nickels to rub together from, from podcasting. And so yeah, we're kind of back in it, but now there's the like life balance of being parents, working, podcasting, and it has to really be worth it. And so that's why I held off on starting the Wencher thing for so long. I mean, Matt knows I've been talking about this for years and years. Um, but I'm so compelled to do it. And it's like something I'm learning about and reading about. I'm always reading books about this. I'm always reading Reddit threads. Both things have equal importance and weight and validity in my mind. I'm just kidding. Um, but I, gosh, I'm rambling. What am I trying to say? We love podcasting is what I'm saying for, for better or worse. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, 
grateful that this podcast is is so I'm, this one meaning the one sure thing not homophilia um but that it feels you know it's such an intimate subject matter especially the first two episodes are are incredibly intimate and that it is not overly produced is so helpful it, it, in that way like that in someone else's hands that you, you could feel the moments that it would have gotten slick and there would have been a needle drop and it would have been a little too like precious and voiceovery and stuff and that you're kind of like just delivering us the raw goods really adds to the experience matt you are that is i needed to hear that so bad because i'm like i'm feeling really i'll be honest i'm feeling really insecure about the podcast because it's a podcast that I know I would like love to listen to if someone else made it. And I'm worried that I'm not doing it justice kind of. And I'm like, I am worried about like, it's not produced. It's exactly what you're saying. I'm like, it's not slick enough. Like I love ologies. Do you guys listen to ologies? Allie Ward's podcast which is like so produced it's so good and I, comparing myself to podcasts like that I'm like I just never could because the time and energy and skill set is just not truly not there for me so you saying that means so much to me and you just gave me such a gift because I've been so insecure about that exact thing honestly you should not be. I, I, I assumed that this was like a very deliberate decision because you're a podcasting pro, like your husband's a record producer. You could add all the bells and whistles yourself so easily, but like, I don't want them. I'm thinking of podcasts that touch on similar subject matter that I have heard and that I sometimes cringe when I hear because I'm like, why do I feel like this person is is producing me right now like mm. i don't need you know i kind of just want to hear the truth um so you absolutely I, I, anything i could do to relieve you of that insecurity uh i'm happy to do because it's just fantastic as thank is you. thank you thank I you i wait to listen i'm gonna yell at my amazon device to start episode one the second we start talking <laughs> uh what else are you listening to right now podcast wise um, okay, I got really into oh, this is another pop culture shift for me. Something was wrong. Do you guys know this podcast? Something was wrong. Oh, no. I know the t remind us. Okay, so it's basically because here's what I will say. I like every other human. I get the appeal of true crime, but you know it starts to feel a little icky. Like. Ugh. Yeah. We're talking about someone's murder in a way that's like mm -hmm. tantalizing. And um, this kind of bridges that gap for me because it's people talking about basically getting beyond getting catfished, like marrying a sociopath who has built up this world of lies that comes crashing down. I mean, I had just a touch of it with the compulsive liar in his wedding album, but like people who and in some cases it is really tragic because oftentimes these situations end horribly but um usually it's from the victim's pov so we're hearing from themselves about what they went through and like the red flags that they missed because the people who do this are so good at what they do and um i did a the tv show i write for a million little things shout out last episode or season three I got to do I got to contribute to an episode of course it was different from my exact story but like I was groomed in my 20s by a voiceover teacher and um oh, yes. we we meaning <laughs> when me too happened I posted about it I kind of realized like something was off about that and long story short there were 60 other women who were assaulted or raped by this guy Peter Rofe. He's still, you know, no consequences. So I really relate to these usually women's stories about getting kind of slowly over time groomed by usually men and um, straight men. Of course, thank you. And 
So I've so I it's so good. The first season is so like all encompassing and actually I told my boss about it and he listened to it and then he's like I can't listen to season two until we wrap because like all I want to do is listen to it it's distracting you from everything else so um, proceed with caution uh, because it will suck you in okay okay Okay, good to know I I need to be sucked into something so oh my god season three also is so good it's so crazy people are wild out there y'all yeah they really are they really truly are they really truly are um, so you, you've got you on a million little uh, little things. You've got Dave Gentoli on a million little things. Is it you know, toasted ravs in the uh, in the cafeteria every Tuesday? T ravs all. What are we, all what are we talking? <laughs> T ravs all day. Um, David Gentoli and I realized first of all, I I like love that guy so much, and I feel like we made the St. Louis connection, and then I was like, oh, I know exactly who you are, where yeah. you're part. Matt, this is one of the lead actors on our show who grew up mm-hmm. probably a couple miles away from me yeah. and oh, wow. Dave, yeah. I'm assuming. What well, town were you in? Kirkwood. Oh, Kirkwood. Okay. A couple more Actually, miles. Actually, to pair, to pair, but oh, when I say Kirkwood. I, yes, that, I danced in the city of Broken Hearts. Um, um, I don't know what that means. De pair. Is it? Wait. Mm-hmm. Oh, Creve Core. Sorry. Creve Core. Creve Core <laughs> is the city of Broken Hearts. Yeah. De pair yeah, is... Yeah, yeah. Our father, probably. The the fa- fathers, yeah. The fathers. Um, but Gentoli and I, I was up in Vancouver where they filmed pretty recently, and we were talking, and somehow, again, the debutante ball thing came up. Uh-huh. He was there, which is crazy to me. Like, he was there the night my mom died in the same Wild. room with me. Isn't that weird? Wild. <laughs> what is this life? What is this life? Well, it's puberty. It's and then we ascend. <laughs> Become beautiful young adults somewhere. I do really enjoy thinking of this life as puberty. Also, because it makes me feel younger, which you yes. know is something I'm always chasing. Sure, certainly. Oh my God, um, Elizabeth Lane. This is coming out next week. We're recording this right before New Year's Eve. So, in closing, I just have to ask: Are there any New Year's resolutions? Oh my God, there's so many, and then I'm also tempted. <sighs> I do this every fucking year. I'm like, I have all the same annoying resolutions. And then I'm like, mm-hmm. what if my only resolution was like, seek more pleasure? Ooh, it's a good one. It will never it's happen. <laughs> Why? You got a cabin. You got a pleasure cabin. <sighs> That's true. <laughs> we do have a pleasure cabin. Um, Maybe maybe I'll try that on for size this year and see what that does to me. I'm scared that I'm going to end up like I I feel like and also I want to say nothing against this person. This is going to sound judgmental, but I have nothing but reverence and respect for her. But I feel like the membrane between me now and me becoming not her cuz she is fabulous, but the character Jennifer Coolidge plays on White Lotus. Is uh-huh. is so thin, and I could become it even without a billion dollars. I could just mm-hmm. so quickly morph into that person that it terrifies me. You say me. that like it's a bad thing, and not something that we should all aspire to. You don't want to be that person without money. Very. True. That's right. But Very as we true. learned, you have a lot, lot, lot of money. That is the takeaway. And my my New Year's resolution is to become as rich and powerful <laughs> as Elizabeth Lane. Mm-hmm. Oh my and God. the path to that is through pleasure, just pure pleasure. <laughs> it has been a pure pleasure having you, Elizabeth. Thank you so much. Everybody uh, immediately go out and download The One Sure Thing and follow them on Instagram at... The One Sure Thing Pod. Wait. One Sure Pod. Is it one? Hang on. I should know this. Is it? Mm. It's. Number one? Uh, The One Sure Thing Pod. Okay. The One Sure Thing Pod. Done. Thank you for having me. I love you both. This is such a privilege and an honor. We love you too. We love you too. Happy, happy new year. Alexa, play episode one of The One Sure Thing Podcast. There she goes. There she goes. I have to go, guys. I'm busy. 
Homophilia is a World of Wonder podcast produced and engineered by Renee Colbert. Our theme song is by Ben Wise. We want to thank Michael Pressman and everybody at World of Wonder. Please follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, at HomophiliaPod. And if you would, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We sure would appreciate it. 